Hello and welcome back to the Barstool Music UK podcast safe space. My name is Luke Knowles and this is the place where I go in depth with some of the fine unsigned and independent artists that I've supported over the past couple of years. I've had some great interviews so far and today's episode is actually at the moment the longest episode I've put out to date Um, and I even had to trim that interview down to fit this length so yeah it was a great great chat and this week's guest is the brilliant Rosie Alexandra she's a great singer-songwriter currently based in Bath she's got a lovely approach to her songwriting her music is so beautiful to listen to she's just released her debut EP Um, it's a self-titled EP Um, I had her on the radio show when she dropped her single Lullaby it was just great to talk to her then so it was brilliant to catch up with her again and go even further into her starting music and just everything as is typical on this podcast um so before we get into the interview here is if you haven't heard it already a taste of that single from the ep and this is lullaby lullaby to the women just to say you should leave him so there you have it. Yes, that was the opening track, Lullaby, from Rosie Alexandra's self-titled debut EP, which is out now. It is definitely worth a listen, and I can guarantee after listening to this interview, you are going to want to go and listen to it even more if you haven't already, and you're going to want to go and listen to it again and again and again if you have already. So without further ado, let's get stuck into this week's interview. So this is me with the brilliant Rosie Alexandra. So, Rosie, Alexandra, it's great to speak to you again, and it's great to have you on the Safe Space podcast. Um, So, first things first, how have you been since you last spoke? Yeah, I've been really well, thank you. It's great to be back. Brilliant, because obviously when we last spoke, you were just about to launch your EP. It's now out there. Um, How how has it been, the response to it? It's been absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, It's just... I think like obviously streams is one thing and that's been really encouraging yeah. um but just the amount of individuals that have taken the time to message me paragraphs about really their thoughts and how it's spoken to them yeah um, is just incredible and like each one is such a reminder of why I'm doing this in the first place <laughs> yes yeah um so yeah it's been really special Oh, that's nice. And it, it is nice that people have kind of took the time to personally message because sometimes it's, it's it's easy to like like a photo, like a like when you've posted about the cover and things like like it. But yeah, yeah. then to have actually messaged personally must have been great because I know some artists do struggle sometimes with when the thing's done. It's yeah. up to it's up to kind of the universe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the weirdest feeling. I think as well when you've worked for so long on a project. Yeah. Um, like some of these songs have been around for more than a year and the vision kind of came around in lockdown yeah so it was just blood sweat and tears for about a year yeah um so to then especially in the streaming age you know I can't be like out in shops selling it speaking to everyone that buys it so just to kind of at midnight you're just like oh now it's out yeah (laughs) it's so strange (laughs) um but yeah just to have those those individual really personal um comments and like you say people actually taking the time and bothering um it just yeah it means so much so so much and I think at this stage for me anyway that actually means more than streams Um, yeah well it would do because I think I think streams can be kind of the the number looks cool yeah but it can almost (laughs) be like but is that just one person (laughs) 
Yeah, is it my mum? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I've nearly got it to 100,000, love. <laughs> wow, that would be a good commitment. She's yeah. my number one fan, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's been, so what was kind of release release day like for you? Was it Was it kind of surreal or did you kind of try and keep yourself occupied so you didn't kind of keep checking every five minutes? I... It was surreal in in that like balancing the anticlimax because at midnight it was just suddenly out and I yeah. was I was actually asleep sleep I couldn't stay up, oh. um, <laughs> but then obviously you know it's nearly a week ago now and on that Friday I just spent the whole day like just reflecting on what it actually means to me yeah um and the last few months particularly have been insanely challenging like life has just thrown thing after thing after thing and I think just to have kept going and put my everything into this project and in that moment be like it's all come down to this yeah um I was just so proud of myself and I think it's testament to like just keep going keep putting the graft in keep putting the hours in like yeah um if you if if you want something badly enough and you try hard enough um that these things can still happen even if life in its way as it yeah. does um <laughs> doesn't want you to do yeah. anything <laughs> totally yeah. yeah yeah it's been a wild one um yeah so i think it yeah obviously musically it feels incredible for people to be finally hearing stuff that i wrote yeah ages ago. um and the songs themselves mean so much to me but also personally it was just such a milestone to still get that out yeah um, in the midst of adversity really yeah yeah so, uh, yeah because yeah, because because with it being kind of your first sort of debut body of work yeah. rather than a single it, yeah. was it very much was there a lot much much more pressure on this release than when you were releasing a single kind of thing I think yeah I know what you mean I think I'm really blessed in that I don't really feel the pressure to be honest yeah. I'm just going at my own pace yeah doing my own thing um what I will say is that it you know in the lead up it was kind of like eight hour days putting effort into promo and yeah um thinking of ways to get it out there and how to not make people just bored of my <laughs> pre-save now pre-save now yeah um so there was definitely, I don't know if pressure is the right word, maybe it is, but there was definitely a lot more um, effort and thought that had to go into it. Yeah. And of course, like with any catalogue of work, it's not just about one song and what that means. I had to kind of think, this is actually six songs worth of insight into two years of my life. Yeah. Um, so there's songs that are about people and breakups and happy situations and reflecting on sad situations yeah all things that happened in the last few years so kind of tying that together um as a narrative yeah I just think it it has a more weight and a different journey to just one song on its own so it was definitely a lot more to to be thinking about and and being intentional about I'd say yeah yeah and do you feel like as you said like because it kind of encompasses the last couple of years do you feel like this is sort of like a a line drawn under that stage I really life, do. And then I really like, do. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting you should say that because it really, as I was reflecting on release day, I was like, you know, these people are just getting this insight, but yeah, into something that's behind me. Um, 
but I think actually there's so much power in releasing that material having grown from all those situations in such a big big way um it's kind of like rather than here is what I'm dealing with right now and I'm a bit of a mess it's actually like here's what I've been through and hey if you're going through this too like look at me now we can do it yes we've got this you can Um, survive it don't worry kind of totally yeah 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 so yeah and it's it's personally been a really interesting season as well like transitioning out of the last few years I think it's a it's a widely shared feeling like oh definitely and how we deal with the impact it's had and yeah um, like forgetting what it's like to speak to people right yeah (laughs) literally I actually I was at the pub the other day and I um I bumped into my first ever guitarist yeah when I was I was about we were maybe 13 to 17 and we did amazing things together he's such a great guy and he's been studying guitar in London yeah I bumped into him we haven't seen each other in years and I'm a sociable person and I forgot how to like (laughs) do small talk and how to oh it was the weirdest thing I just left being like oh my days either I've switched to an introvert or COVID is really like Mess with us all. Hello. Honestly, I really, yeah, yeah I really realise. Then, gosh, you know, being locked inside is not how we're made to be, is it yeah. at all? Just waiting for that. Blah blah has joined the chat. Oh no, yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, yeah, it's amazing oh. to see him. Really yeah. Great. Oh no, that it must it must have been really nice to kind of get. Did Did you like obviously? gained the power of small talk and we did talk about yeah. music yeah <laughs> we got I got over that and we had yeah. yeah like 20 minutes catching up about um all he's been achieving and yeah and a bit about the like soul improv jazz vocal scene in London which sounds incredible yeah so, oh brilliant yeah. and so obviously with, with you mentioning sort of like bumping into your old guitarist kind of segues nicely <laughs> into how, how what was kind of your first experience with music did do you come from quite a musical family or is yeah. it something that you kind of discovered on your own so um my dad uh was a singer-songwriter yeah. he actually still sings and plays guitar yeah um but he around the same age as me actually he spent a couple years like just touring busking Europe yeah um, he converted a, a German ambulance and just drove around with his friends wow I was like <laughs> COVID. that's what I've got to do <laughs> right um so yeah like I grew up always around music whether yeah. it was him playing um I was singing together or just being surrounded by proper proper music heroes um yeah on the hi-fi system on Saturday mornings yeah um so yeah, definitely a musical background, but I wouldn't, I always used to laugh at like the X Factor when they're like, oh, how long have you been singing for? And they say, oh, you know, <laughs> since I was two. <laughs> I'm like, Before really? I could talk. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so I came out the womb singing. You just think, oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't basically, yeah, let's yeah. be real. Like, I think <laughs> I was always surrounded by music, but I, I established I really found my own voice when I was about 11, I think. Um, yeah. And I remember being on the year six playground um, and there was like a, I don't even know what it was, some sort of ramp, stagey yeah. thing. 
and we used to take it in turns to do a performance at the top. Um, and I broke out into um, Kings of Leon, Use Somebody. Yeah. Which is probably about completely adult things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just remember being stood at the top of this ramp and my class was in front of me at playtime and I was singing and all everyone started looking at each other like, hang on. And I was looking back like, what? <laughs> and I think that in my memory, that is the moment where I was like, whoa, I'm I'm owning this. Like, yeah, yeah. This is for me. I think the confidence age 10 or 11 to get up and just start singing as well. Yeah. Um, and then the fact it was in tune, I was like, yeah. it's a bonus. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, then I moved on to secondary school and and knew it was my jam and and really grew into myself. Yeah. Oh no, so did you kind of do the whole because when I was at secondary school, I think we went through about three different bands. Did you kind of oh, put together yeah. a band? And... <laughs> totally, yeah. yeah. So I um, I was in a band, well, must have been year eight, year seven, year eight, so yeah. 12. Um, we were called The Priority. Um, and yeah. you know what? At the time, it felt like we were the bee's knees. Yes, and... yeah. <laughs> We we made a CD together. We did gigs together. Wow. Um, and of course, you know they're not songs that I would sing now. But yeah, the precious, precious experience of just getting together with mates, yeah, um, and playing. And I think at that age as well, it was such an outlet, you know, yeah, to be sat in maths and science and history, and then get to go to the music department and, you know really become ourselves I'd say yeah um, yeah it was just yeah I look back on that time so fondly actually yeah just just um, lungs full of teenage angst <laughs> yeah, yeah totally <laughs> strange and I don't think we had a genre we were just going for it yeah <laughs> just pick, pick up and play <laughs> yeah totally but I think that's you know what a place to start just yeah for fun in some pokey little the music department was actually like a glorified shed I'd say <laughs> separate from the school <laughs> yeah put the creative ones over there the other yeah, side of the yeah. field past yeah. the tennis courts um <laughs> so yeah it was just it was a really organic way to to develop that side of me I would say yeah no pressure of you know huge performances or yeah those types of teachers that just want you to like be at the bricks when you're 12 you know yeah so yeah and did, did you kind of go on then to do sort of like the GCSE music and all that sort of stuff that's it so yeah I did GCSE um and actually in my last two years at secondary school I was able to run my own gospel choir okay um so because I just I think I basically found that the teacher's didn't necessarily have the time for all the extracurricular clubs in the world yeah um so I remember the band situation was just a lot of boys letting their feelings out yeah. <laughs> um really smelly band rooms full of testosterone yeah um and the GCSE curriculum was was diverse I'd say you know we did like um West Side Story and hmm. um world music and it was great but I just yeah. I always knew that my thing was 
soul and gospel and I just thought you know what if there's if they're not going to run it yeah I'm going to start it um and that actually says a lot about my character because I'm exactly the same now um so (laughs) age 15 yeah I put together this this gospel choir yeah um and we were about I think we had about 20 20 students um once we just like built built up um, yeah and it was absolutely fantastic I yeah. know I say it myself but those girls were incredible and they really like again I think it was a space for them to like build community and yeah we were singing in four harmony groups and yeah with no teachers and you know all between the ages of 11 and 16 yeah um so I would say that was the moment really that I thought you know I've got something here I've got a real passion and I'm also able to bring that out in other people yeah um so yeah, that was just an amazing, amazing point in my life. And of course, yeah. doing like the um, school musicals and the classic gigs. And yeah, did, the playing like, at assemblies and things. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> like just that experience performing in front of people. And um, I, I had um, the same vocal coach between eleven and eighteen, so she saw me all the way through school. Yeah. Um, and she used to run these brilliant like showcases in a local venue. Yeah. Um, so from an early age, we all like had that experience of of getting up and having some sort of stage presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> while while singing our favorite song to our parents, basically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I had a really, really rich, full, creative, um, childhood. Yeah. Which it definitely. Def- yeah, it definitely sounds like music was very much a core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of those but, sort of yeah. vital years of growing up, kind mm, of thing. Mm. But I definitely was allowed to like find my own path with it. Yeah. Um, and my parents were always just like, do whatever you want. <laughs> we'll be proud yeah. of you either way. And yeah. my teachers were incredible as well. I, I remember one, um, my GCSE music teacher, who just, he basically like scrapped the PowerPoints, scrapped <laughs> the mark scheme, and he'd get us singing, he'd get us like, body drumming yeah um, he was he his zest for life was just incredible yeah um sounds like he, um school of rock <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's such a good way of putting it yeah um yeah so just really passionate about what oh what my they gosh. were teaching yeah yeah passionate about teaching and music um yeah and just being so free with it um so yeah there's definitely been some some really key inspirers along the way yeah um oh no it it does it it sounds very much like it was sort of like you were allowed to do it at your own pace but it was clear that you were never going to escape it kind of thing (laughs) like it was never not going to be important to you moving forwards and was that kind of was sort of the next step for you trying to sort of find your own voice through songwriting and things totally yeah so I think I went from kind of giving everything a go yeah. <laughs> and just having fun with it. Um, I then went on to do music A-level. Yeah. Uh, which I was really hesitant to do actually because it's, I felt it was largely for classical. Yeah. Incredible 
important all composer proper dots and lines people yeah um but I remember my teacher just saying to me like you know you have to no matter what your music style and your passion is you have to be able to appreciate where music came from yeah and music did come from the dots the lines the maths the strategy yeah um so actually having those two years you know I composed Bart Corrals I did like my sight reading was on it yeah um so again like all the way up to 18 really and into my degree I've just been giving everything a go and yeah exploring all aspects of music bit of production as well which I never thought I'd say <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> I'm phobic I was phobic <laughs> of tech yeah um, but yeah you're right like after secondary school I would say I started to think you know I know what music gets me going but yeah what is my sound what is my purpose here yeah um, why am I so passionate about music and this type of music um and I started writing not I kind of thought that I couldn't song write at that point don't know yeah. why I had a little teenage <laughs> um but I was definitely I wrote a few songs and I was just tapping yeah. into how it felt right in, in what way it felt right for me to be writing and, and saying yeah. what I wanted to um and I made some awesome friends there um, yeah another one actually a, another guitarist who played on the EP yeah um so yeah just kind of connecting in with others along the way and connecting in with myself more deeply yeah um and I guess actually that ties in with you know as you kind of get to know yourself in that adult transition yeah um you know finding who you are and and what you want to do and how you deal with the world <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so. it, it gets different the more you mature the more totally. you kind of think hold on yeah. a second maybe I should stop thinking so simply <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah mm. uh, and what was kind of when you first sort of branched out and went for song to write your first song did you like did you use the sort of transposing of it did you use the sort of tools or was it very much kind of a pick up a guitar and just see so what happens the I wrote a couple songs but the first proper proper song that I was proud of is actually yeah. Cabin off the EP yeah um I just felt like even though I wrote it so many years ago I had yeah. to come back to it and I had to include it in this initial yeah. offering um and journey and it's called Cabin because I wrote it in a cabin I was with a friend <laughs> and we just the box. <laughs> totally <laughs> so literal yeah. um and I just sat and I was like I want to write a song and she actually um is a creative writer so she's yeah flipping incredible with words yeah um and I was just saying this is what I want to say and she was like that's so cool let's you know and she was I was just kind of rambling out and she was writing it all down and we yeah. did it in kind of like a mind map really visual yeah um and then I put some chords to it and then I took that rough 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 demo yeah um to another friend who is just a bit of a musical prodigy to be honest 
um and i was like this is the vision this is the sound these are the chords um and he ended up playing all the instruments on it for really? me he just yeah. spent days in his home studio running with it um and then another friend did drums for us so yeah it was a real like community effort because i knew i knew i had this message I knew yeah. I had the words, I knew I had the structure um, and the chords, yeah. but actually bringing it to life um, was was a real team effort. Um, yeah, well, it does sound, it sounds like very much from you talking from like your early days in music, the gospel choir, all that sort of stuff, it, it's very much you kind of built a bedrock of that sort of collaborative Mm. nature in your music and it's sort of like it, it's it's something that is obviously very core to your mm. creativeness is being Absolutely. able to reach out to these friends that you've made and be like I've got a vision can you help and like not totally. being afraid to think I've got to do this on my own because I want to do it on my own it's like no yeah. okay. I want to get the best out of it so it doesn't matter if I've got to ask 15 other people totally. to do this yeah I think yeah. it's interesting actually like I've just been thinking recently about my live setup and and how that's going to look over the coming coming months in the summer. Yeah. And I think it's kind of ironic because my songs are so personal and so from the heart and yeah. the the core of the writing is always from me. Yeah. But actually I think it's this really cool balance of not being too proud to say to other people, I know you are better at this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't I don't even play guitar. I wish I could, but yeah. it just physically doesn't happen for me. I'm a keys girl. It just, just doesn't click. <laughs> it just does I think I need to be able to see my hands. It doesn't Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, just kind of I think you're right in the the natural desire for community and collaboration which I think all humans are built for community and to be around other people really um but I'm just so blessed in that I have had this incredible network of friends yeah who are also really gifted musicians um where I can kind of come up with this thing and then look around me and think okay which one of you yeah (laughs) Who am I going to reach out to? It would work fine. Yeah. Um, which I think that's the nature of being a solo artist, really. Yeah. It's like, this is my thing. This is what I have to say. I've got this complete idea. But I recognise that I can't do it all. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, being able to draw on this wonderful network. Um, yeah. People. And likewise, um, I think since moving to uni where I study music there's just been this whole community yeah of really wonderful people open up to me and now as well as having musicians there's like incredible producers I can be working with yeah um and I've done a a house feature track um just by connecting in and you know yeah yeah what do you do (laughs) what can (laughs) what can I offer you how can we work together yeah Um, yeah so I try and I try and kind of go into every conversation or social situation with who are you? What are you about? Yeah. How can we stay in touch and do something together? Yeah. Um, 
because of course most of the time you never see them again but <laughs> there's been a few real gems where I'm just like we were meant to meet yeah um and it's and really sort of helped you develop even more totally. further down the line yeah. and vice, vice versa in some cases yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh it's pretty because to be honest the one thing that because I did music at college and then I went to sort of had the opportunity to go to do a university but I, I kind of I had the opposite to you I was kind of put off with the whole grading system and all that sort of stuff because mm. I, I never thought I was good enough for that so oh, I no. kind of I kind of shied away from it and oh. it's, it's just always been a, a permanent hobby for me sure yeah yeah yeah. kind of thing so it, it's it's great to hear that you kind of had the um the positive drive and everything and like with with your dad being a singer songwriter as well as he poked his head in every now and again and and been like what are you doing kind of thing yeah yeah he has but in not in a nosy or pressurizing way at yeah. all um my parents are amazing actually in that they just they they got the balance with championing and no pressure yeah <laughs> you know like <laughs> I definitely grew up with people that had pushy parents yeah um, and me at like gigs and performances and my brother um is really sporty yeah and my sister was always involved in dance and I just remember looking around being like your parents <laughs> are like you know people that did not want to be playing rugby or football or dancing yeah but their parents obviously like wanted them to or yeah live wished- through them <laughs> Totally, like wish they were Darcy Bustle and they'd push <laughs> yeah. these little girls up. Um, but that was that's just never been the case um, yeah. for us, which is amazing. And yeah, my dad is so interested in what I'm doing, but yeah, he usually hears things when they're maybe like demo two. Yeah. Um, so he can put his piece in, but yeah, but it's nearly all constructed in there anyway. Yeah, it's kind of like listen to this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Have you ever thought of doing a collaboration song? We were about to film. Um, I wanted, so he plays acoustic guitar, and I yeah. wanted to film a um, live version of Lullaby. Yeah. But he actually um, struggles with like chronic fatigue. So yeah. it's just been a bit of a dip at the moment yeah um but at some point post covid so he's in the vulnerable category so yeah it's not been the best two years yeah to say the least <laughs> yeah um <laughs> put it but, lightly <laughs> right yeah. yeah that's a whole other podcast yeah, um, yeah. i want to get him in the studio yeah um and either write together or just some of his material is incredible yeah like totally incredible um Bob Dylan's his hero, so yeah, that kind of jam. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's got this whole. When he was like a little bit older than me, he lived in Africa, and yeah. he'd just write and write and write and write, and it's his. I guess the same way my EP is like the last two years. Yeah, his time out there is documented in all these songs, and I just think, yeah, like get these in the studio yeah, they now. Need to be heard. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and he has these. He plays um, recordings he made, um, I guess, yeah, again, in the 80s. Yeah. And it was, like, on cassettes. And yeah. I can't remember the name of this, his piece of equipment, but he said he recorded everything into one thing and had a little drum machine. and Yeah. Um, 
like into one piece of hardware. So he's got these yeah. recordings that are like beautifully <laughs> retro, but would not be played, you know, on Spotify or the radio. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like so, my dad. My, my dad had one of those. It's just a really a little cassette with like, two two cassette things to put yeah. in. Yeah, and you just kind of go record play quick quick. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and, and he said, and, if, if anything ever went wrong, you'd have to get a pencil and go back to yeah. the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because my dad dusted his off and was like, try and record on that. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's yeah. Did you try? I, I tried. I think I managed to get two guitar tracks down. Oh my gosh. Well done. That's an achievement. And it was, it was, uh, it was the weirdest experience. I was like, how, how did you live like this? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what though? I bet it was more simple. Yeah. Well, it, like, was, it would be very limiting. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, yeah. Obviously, when you recorded your EP, what I love about the EP is it's very kind of minimal in its atmospheric choice. Like you, you don't overload each track. You kind of mm. let let the lyrics speak, let the music mm. speak, and all that sort of. Mm. Whereas, like nowadays, they come with like software. You can get up to like thirty-two channels, so they can be sort of. I'll add this, I'll add this, yeah. I'll add that, I'll add this, I'll add that. And before you yeah. know it, you've got like a 20-piece orchestra that you're thinking, how do I do this live? <laughs> totally, yeah. I think the temptation... I think the world we live in right now is just saturated with choice. The first yeah. world, I mean. Um, yeah. And definitely in music making these days, the temptation to just run away with adding layers and layers yeah. and this MIDI instrument and that sample and yeah. 556 vocals and <laughs> like <laughs> BBs, I really have to control myself. Yeah. Um, but I, and even actually in, in 2019 to 2020, I was working with a seven piece band. Yeah. Um, which was so fun. So, so yeah. fun. Um, but in lockdown, obviously I had to kind of think, okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's now me and my keys and logic like yeah how do I keep going here um and I was given this piece of advice that was just Rosie like yeah every element you add in to a live performance with band members or to a recording yeah um it's going to be something for the vocal to compete with because of course naturally we write music to complement the vocal and the vocal to complement the accompaniment naturally yeah, yeah. or the top line of any kind. Um, but actually in a, in a project where the vocal and the lyric is the thing, you should really think about how much you're competing with right now, which obviously at the time was six musicians. Yeah. Um, and we had like sax solos everywhere and yeah. loads of BVs and full kit two guitars um and I just thought oh yeah I've never really thought about it like that yeah because um, of course whenever we played live we had the wow factor because there was all this sound yeah um but actually very little room for my part even though I was the front woman yeah it's kind of um, like getting lost in a in a jungle totally. of music kind of thing and lost in great music but yeah still lost yeah um so i had to take a lot of time really just thinking about you know yeah i think he's right actually yeah yeah <laughs> um 
So that was and really I, forefront when it came to yeah, like right, this is my opportunity. Totally, to, um, sort of let my voice yeah, like the forefront yeah. sort of thing. I basically 2020, I went for a whole rebrand um, yeah. and really got serious about how I want to move forward and what I have to offer to the world, I guess. And yeah. in terms of the music industry, you know, what makes me stand out? Why am I different? Yeah. It's my voice and it's my lyrics. And yeah. therefore anything else comes is secondary. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think I've landed in a place where the secondary part, so all the accompaniment is fantastic and is brilliant um and I'm now working with a guitarist who is out of this world (laughs) in my opinion (laughs) um and so live you know I'm not cutting corners or settling in terms of um instrumentation but I just feel I've hit the sweet spot with allowing that space yeah vocal and for the message as well because um, I think that can be something with solo artists, as you said, if you, if you kind of put too much on a track on a, like an EP or a single, mm-hmm. you can then when people come to see you perform um, now, now that you're allowed to perform, um, you Hallelujah. can kind of you can sort of it can almost feel like a compromise. Yeah. When you listen to it, it's like unless it's just you and your instrument. So you're doing yeah. like a demo raw version. Yeah. But if you try and get half of what's on there on the stage, it can sometimes feel a bit hollow even for you as the performer you can feel a bit like oh my so god this true. does not sound it like I thought it would <laughs> yeah yeah I think I have two like pet hates in a way yeah um, in this area one is going to see someone live and thinking you know their songs yeah and turning up and just being like well this is not the record <laughs> <laughs> like and especially vocal quality yes like do not process your vocal to the point where you can distinguishable exactly and you cannot you know I've been to see I think one band in particular and I um had listened to their releases and their promo was amazing yeah and I went and I thought is the lead singer like ill like I did (laughs) not know (laughs) I kid you not if I recorded the gig really which was fun. It was great. Yeah, was yeah. And whatever. But with the vocal off the record, I was like, I'm just not, this is yeah. not adding up. Is that, hold on um, a second. <laughs> totally. And of course it was just auto-tune galore, which yeah. I, I think for me, so I had a, a period um, just before uni where I was vocal coaching myself. Yeah. Um, as in, coaching others I was the vocal coach yeah. um and <laughs> just standing it was, in front of a mirror and uh, my, <laughs> I know <laughs> sing this um and all my students were like 12 to 14 year old girls so a really yeah. really um crucial age I would say and a really vulnerable age yeah um and they'd come in and they say right I want to be learning because I'd always say like we're gonna learn how to use your voice as best you can yeah with the songs that you love so I always made it relevant and they'd come in being like right um miss rosie i want to do this song yeah and it would be you know um ariana grande or always out the charts yeah and i'd think right <laughs> and i'd go home and listen to it and learn it and and i just thought 
this is so unfair because I know that some of these runs and some of these notes don't exist. Yeah. Um, and to me, I really reflected on, I thought this is, in my opinion, this is as bad as Photoshop because there are these yeah. young people trying to get into singing, trying to get into music and their aspirations are non-existent. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't, <laughs> no yeah, one ever like produced. Grabs it and pulls it exactly. up slightly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. No one ever stood in a vocal booth and produced that sound. Yeah. Yet that is the standard at what they wanted to sound like. Do you yeah. see what I mean? So like when yeah, you see a magazine yeah, yeah. and you're like, no, well, that body great. doesn't exist. I, that's perfect analogy is it's the yeah. musical photoshop <laughs> yeah yeah um and i think i think there's space for for autotune obviously yeah um and there's definitely space for having so much fun with with post-production and vocals but yeah um yeah it's definitely not being able to replicate the sound like yeah i think that's um, the thing i think if you do it to a point where to perform it live you have like it, it's it doesn't sound exactly the same but you can kind of be like oh okay i, I get it you're the same person mm, mm, but yeah. it's when it's like like you said with that other band that you went to see it's like hold on a second you sound nothing like the record mm, mm. this to me feels like i've been like false advertised almost totally. kind of thing totally. feel a bit like well if you have to do that much to your own voice should you be singing <laughs> totally yeah and i think as well like not only is the audience misled yeah but you know it the insecurity just shines through yeah because obviously that vocalist did the take and then said unless their producer is just <laughs> doesn't communicate yeah. and just does what they want yeah, i'm going to do this <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah you know it's there's every chance the vocalist said you know this make this this note make that blur. yeah and i just think you know obviously insecurity is human and we're all so complex and have our own things going on yeah but to be a performer and kind of be stood behind this facade of tuning yeah um rather than just having it in you to be authentic and think i know that i'm not going to hit all the notes but i've yeah. written this amazing song and i want to hear it and i want to have fun yeah um yeah i think that like room for insecurity is just quite uncomfortable for an audience um, yeah so it's an interesting one i also can't bear when you listen to a record and you can't hear the words <laughs> um so something i'm really careful with and intentional about is you know i've written these words for a reason and they're bloody incredible yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first thing i'm gonna do is make sure you can hear everyone yes um so, but it's funny, I, one of my um, best friends, he loves one of my older songs called Peace. Yeah. Um, and one of the lyrics is, um, I'm a ship with its sails up. And he said, Rosie, I've been listening to this in the car. I've been singing along all the time. And my streams were going up. I was thinking, Toby, you love this yeah. song. And he said, but what? what is the chorus? I don't know what you're singing. <laughs> <laughs> um oh god so yeah definitely learn from that one yeah um, we're not all perfect are we even when we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to... <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> fuck 
funny. This real, I should ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he did. Yeah. I'm glad he did. <laughs> so you turn around and go, no, it's meant to be that. <laughs> <laughs> With this EP, like obviously the core for you was sort of authentic, making sure that it all sounded mm. great and proper and all that sort of stuff. Was it mm. again sort of you matching that up with the inspiration of the tracks? Because obviously you've got that really the powerful opening track, Lullaby, very much sort mm. of like an empowered, fully personal song. Were they all mm. sort of along the lines of that sort of very personal to meet that personal sound? Yeah, I would say so. Um, and actually they all... They're not in chronological order, um, but they are in order of, um, there's a really kind of obvious journey of like the opening couple of tracks is just being like, oh, you hurt me. (laughs) I feel, I feel this is really hard. Yeah. Um, And then the, the middle point cabin is like, I'm making a choice to see beyond this mess and see beyond this hurt and see beyond this um trauma and I'm actually just going to cling on to hope yeah um because I always think when things get to a certain level of tough what have you got to lose by just believing that you know yeah yeah it won't last forever you have to just think there's more to life than this yeah um and then uh into nowhere which is like I'm really finding myself again and yeah. here are some of my core values basically um and then obviously the the end become which is um I actually wrote that when I had covid and I was in isolation oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um it was a really really bleak time yeah and just however many days on my own yeah um and again it was just being like I'm now kind of standing on that hope yeah and noticing how these experiences have shaped me yeah. big time and um, just picking out the points of growth and knowing that I would, um, I could like in that moment be excited about who I was becoming. Yeah. Um, even though it ha- hasn't happened, hadn't happened quite yet. Yeah. Just like believing that I was going to become um, more resilient and more, wise and the feeling was there that you'd um, you'd you'd come back up on the upswing exactly that's it yeah um and then we went into lockdown (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) right um no i (laughs) oh it's such a full stop on things isn't it (laughs) oh no yeah i know it's doing all this (laughs) i know i know but you know what i even in the last two years, like I have just been learning so much about yeah. myself and about other people. Um, and I think I'm kind of, I'm reaping the results of the amount of effort and vulnerability that I've put in to my music, especially. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that like, to be going through one of life's troughs <laughs> rather than the peak, <laughs> Yeah. and just still be writing and still be connecting with musicians and um yeah just, just generally generally doing what you forward. love still exactly exactly yeah. like it's been it's been one of the worst seasons of my life yeah i think that's a 
widely shared thing as well. Yeah. And also one of the best. Um, yeah. I mean, I noticed last night I hit um, 800 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Which for some sounds like nothing, but I set up that Instagram in uh, the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I always kind of, if ever I feel comparison creeping in or, oh, or yeah. negativity, I like, I picture 800 people in a room. Yes. Like 800 people that have chosen to show love and support for what yeah. I'm doing. That is one packed out room. Yeah. <laughs> that is more than the capacity of a lot of the venues I play. Yeah. I just think like, actually it's really beautiful to be at a point where every new follower I see them I try and like log their name yeah um like make that special effort to exactly yeah yeah, and just really know who is tapping in and who's taking the time and making the effort yeah um so I feel yeah it's I'm at a really exciting point where where new people are finding me and new people are listening yeah um and just yeah generally interested I'm not just doing it in my bedroom for me anymore (laughs) yeah yeah well it's as I say it's a it's a brilliant brilliant EP I've really enjoyed listening to it what's kind of next for you in regards to sort of future releases as as this kind of marks the end of a Mm -hmm. chapter for you kind of thing what's Mm. what's the next chapter looking like for Mm. Rosie Alexandra so there's still a few EP related things yeah. bubbling around. So there's a my first official music video is out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, which was filmed in lockdown and I love it. Yeah. Also, there's a another remix on the way. Oh nice. Um that has an incredible story behind it, actually. I yeah. bumped into I'll make it quick. I was busking <laughs> in the summer. Yeah in Bath where I live now yeah and I was singing um Make You Feel My Love yeah by Adele I turned around and my best friend from when I was four years old bearing in mind we grew up in Brighton okay yeah four hours away allowing for traffic yeah turned around he was stood right there wow and he was like I've moved here now he's also studying music yeah um and he does a lot of like productiony wicked stuff. Yeah. And he is actually now remixing one of the tracks off the debut EP. Wow. Um and we like we were inseparable when we were four. Yeah. Um we did primary school together, secondary school together, live around the corner. <laughs> back in the days of like playing out in the clubs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, when you'd, you'd go outside I and just... you'd, you'd say I'd see you see you in a couple of hours mom. Totally. That's it. <laughs> I was just like how life is just mad isn't it yeah. like oh definitely 18 years later we were just stood there like what the flip yeah. <laughs> what? I think I turned around I was like what are you doing here <laughs> <laughs> what yeah um so yeah it's just and again like that is just another example of of the miracle of this network and yeah. um friendships and connections left right and center basically yeah um, our power of music to... as well i think it, oh yeah it constantly brings people together keeps people in touch it's just that's it yeah it's just insane. Um, 
so yeah there's a few more ep bits coming yeah. and then um yeah the releases won't stop i'll say that there's yeah. a pipeline of things yeah with summery vibes yeah um i was actually i had a conversation the other evening um and with another musician and he said the thing about um dropping music is you're like this is great and now i have to do it again yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> um so that like impending doom of like oh and now yeah. I write something even better how does yeah. that happen um it's almost, but... <laughs> mas- it's almost masochistic in a way <laughs> yeah 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 um but i feel yeah just really fortunate actually that i'm the timing has lined up where the EP was out a little bit later than planned. Yeah. I'd like looked at the year ahead last year. Um, but actually I'm in a situation where I'm just sitting on unreleased material. Um, yeah. So, so that kind I of can... delay gave you the chance to kind of build up. Exactly. A little bit of exactly. A, yeah. Um, and of course, like with releasing strategy, you know, the aim is to not leave it any more than kind of six weeks. Yeah. Um, maybe eight weeks at a push. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna enjoy and bask in the response to this drop, uh, this release. Yeah, for the um, next, next couple of weeks. But, and then yeah, then, but for not too of, long. Yeah, <laughs> I need to have to do it again now. <laughs> I know, like, yeah, I need to I need to get a move on and yeah. But the ideas are all there and um, I've got some really exciting team around me as well yeah. to, to help. I think it, it can feel so lonely as a solo artist. Um, so I just feel really fortunate to be meeting people like you and um, someone else reached out who's in marketing. Yeah. Um, so just to have like people to be checking in with and, yeah. and doing Supporting, music with. Yeah. Um, obviously not necessarily my own music but just doing the doing the solo artist journey with yeah um is is just yeah really yeah. really important and makes it feel much less lonely yeah because um, i think that can be the danger sometimes of a solo artist you can just you can sometimes feel like you're in it on your own and that's it all the pressure is you because it's your name it's this it's yeah that. But, but obviously when you've got a, a team around you and friends and family that are happy to support you yeah. all the time you can kind of you, you can kind of feel I, I can do this like it's yeah it makes all the fine. difference it's, it's not I'm not pulling my own hair out going what does no one love me it's like well, yeah <laughs> yeah 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 I actually loved um I think your the Barstool music community yeah is is a really strong knit of people you know all kind of on the same rung of the ladder of emerging artists. I I actually, um, I don't know if you've heard of Damien Keys, but yeah. he runs a, um online community for self-releasing yeah. artists. Um, and I'm in a few like Facebook group setups yeah. um, where we all just kind of talk about algorithms and streaming yeah. and spotify <laughs> pitching and yeah you know when you don't have necessarily all the people to bounce off in a band and and share the weight of promo yeah um just just yeah being really connected in and, and being inspired by yeah. all these other people in a similar place is is yeah. really really great yeah how, how do you find the whole sort of 
So I spoke to this in my guest last week, Oliver Beardmore, very much he felt that the whole the social media thing was kind of a, a gift and a curse situation. Totally. Yeah. Amen, Oliver Beardmore. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just, yeah, I had another conversation in the like 2020, what do I do now? Yeah. Who am I? Rebrand situation. Yeah. I um, I said to one of my lecturers who's, um really helping with the business side of things i yeah. said like i want to come off social media <laughs> yeah <laughs> full stop yeah. i said i have had enough personally it's not good for me yeah you know especially in lockdown and i was in a vulnerable family still am so yeah. we were shielding and other people were going out and about and some uni friends were like well not friends but social media friends so i was yeah. seeing stories of people at parties and I just like thought I'm going to go insane if I am shielding. Yeah. There was one point where we weren't even going on dog walks. Like yeah. it was that. I think we forget about just how severe it was. Oh, it was really bad um, because my wife was um, classed as um, shield, like had to shield because she'd just come wow. off the back of a stem cell transplant. So wow. she was two months out of that and then COVID happened. So we were kind of, we took Similar the kids position. out of school. We were just trapped within the wow. four walls in the garden for like months on end. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels. And you see all these like people on. Dream. You see people on social media like partying. You thinking that's not fair. <laughs> exactly. It just was starting to crush me. Yeah. Um. So I said, I said to lecturer Simon, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. And he looked at me and he said, Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he was like, you know obviously it's not great and it's not healthy but you know in every way but it is the future and yeah. it is it is the now for um musicians especially tiktok yeah that's a whole other conversation yeah. um so yeah i definitely agree with oliver in that it's it's fantastic to be reaching people in all corners of the world yeah um and connecting in and um just yeah having a platform to even be reaching people that I've never met before yeah um but then it does come with the pressure it yeah of, you've reached them now what do I do now what now what yeah and it's it's a whole thing isn't it like yeah being able to to see other people's lives in yeah more detail i remember <laughs> i was speaking to my nanny literally just the other day yeah and um she was asking after one of my friends and i'm obviously not in the same city as a lot of my friends right now yeah. i said oh yeah i've i've seen um you know they're doing this for their birthday or something yeah and she says how do you know that they've been at this restaurant and i thought oh there was some really lovely photos and i did feel like i was missing out a bit because i couldn't be and she was like what <laughs> you know how horrible to see what people are doing all the time yeah um and i think especially for creatives and and small businesses essentially we have to see our music and our selves as an artist as a brand and as yeah. a business and you know naturally we all have days where we're like why am i doing this you yeah know, that that post got four likes or whatever yeah um you should throw the phone then, out the window <laughs> yeah but being in an instant, being able to then see other people who are supporting the person on tour that you would only dream of supporting. And yeah. 
you know it just or wearing what you want to be able to afford to wear or getting all these streams um I just I think that is the element that is so unhealthy yeah Um, that kind of instant ability to just see feeds and feeds of of stuff um and I also watched that um documentary on Netflix about social media did you see that what was it called uh oh no I, I haven't watched it but I've seen social it. yeah I don't know social the, dilemma yes, something like that. yeah I think it's something like that yeah um and it was the people that like worked at the top 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 of Facebook Instagram yeah um Tinder Google just being like my kids will never have access to these things yeah. because the the algorithms are actually essentially to harm us mm. um and i remember um someone that was really hard at instagram saying like if you unfollow someone and she used the example of a breakup so if you yeah. break up with someone and you just don't want to see their content anymore yeah unless they're private like there's a way that the algorithm puts them on your discovery page and like if they're tagged in someone else's photo that you still follow yeah that'll be right at the top so you still have to see what they're doing and you're still interested and you're still checking your phone all the time yeah that classic thing that we've all done of like have they read my message or have they yeah just all the time has it been seen has it been seen exactly yeah (laughs) when were they active yeah you just think like this how toxic is it that the algorithms are wired to rope us in even more and twist our brains up to the point where we're glued at a screen and I just I actually refuse (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to um well at least I try my hardest to have integrity and know that on a personal level that is how I feel about social media. Yeah. Um, so I have boundaries for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, like quite, like a quite clear cut. Like I post it this time every day. Yeah. You know, I have it um, locked on my phone so I can only be on social media for an hour. Yeah. A day. Um, because otherwise the temptation, like you say, to be checking the streams all the time and checking yeah. followers and who's replied and who's doing what. Yeah, because I think it can then kind of take away from the hard work you've totally. put into it almost because you can totally you could feel bad for these streams but it's like but you've just created this like this mm. body of work that no one mm. else has you've done it what like don't get some hung up yeah. on oh but fifteen thousand people haven't listened well, yeah <laughs> it's a really yeah. difficult i think it's a really difficult double-edged moment it totally is and i completely agree with what oliver said in that it's a blessing to be able to access all these people yeah. and it's a curse to be able to access all these people yeah um <laughs> so but i'm i'm endlessly grateful for all the people that have have tapped into my social medias and yeah and bothered to follow um and it's there's definitely like a core of people that um have even said to me they like look to see what i post every day yeah um they were the first to listen to all of my releases yeah um sending like personal messages um so yeah I just 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 know that hand on heart I can say that I do value the people that that invest in me and are interested in me um and of course naturally like I'm not going to appeal to everybody and not everybody loves soul pop and 
that's totally cool um yeah but yeah just to be steadily growing the people that that are interested and do care yeah is, is a is a really great feeling for me that proves just the quality of your ep and your music Thank and you. i really really look forward to hearing all the new stuff that will be coming out soon amazing thank you so much no no problem rosie it's been terrific speaking with you again i really try and not as say always. amazing as much as i do <laughs> <laughs> but no it's, it's been brilliant talking with you and getting to know you a lot more and i think it's gonna make it's gonna make me when i listen to your music just appreciate it even more thank you for having me So there you have it. That was my conversation with the brilliant Rosie Alexandris. She was such a great guest and such just an amazing artist as well. And she was so open and honest with the conversation. As I said, it, it went on for quite a lot longer than what you just heard. But it, it was just great. She was just so eager to talk about her experience and everything. And I, for me, it's really given me a deeper understanding of her music and just made me appreciate each track even more as I listen to it. And hopefully it's done the same for you. Um, so if you have enjoyed listening to Rosie and you've enjoyed listening to the sample of her song, as I said, please do go listen to her debut EP. It's out now across all streaming platforms. You can hit the link in the description. If you just press Rosie's name, it'll take you to her sort of various social media spotify's all that sort of stuff and just make sure you give her a follow there and just just keep supporting her on her amazing journey and i just really really look forward to what comes next in regards to the remixes and the new music that she's currently sitting on um so yeah thank you for listening this week hopefully you've enjoyed it if you have please don't hesitate to leave any reviews drop me any messages bostonmusicuk at gmail.com um, you can give me a follow as well at Barstool underscore music on instagram and twitter at Barstool music uk on facebook uh, let me know what you think of the podcast so far uh, let me know if there's any artists that you'd like to hear me interview basically uh, as well and um, i do take requests so yeah that is it for this week's safe space podcast uh, once again thank you so much for listening thank you rosie for talking to me it was brilliant brilliant chatting with her and until next week i've been luke knowles this has been the boston music uk's safe space podcast and wherever you are just keep supporting unsigned and independent music as much as you can so until next week see you later Thank you.